Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name, and joining me is Frank Madden. We were both in the BC tonight, and if I, I hope you were there, and maybe you got there through SeatGeek, and SeatGeek is bringing you this wonderful podcast today. As always, go get the promo code. It's L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O Bucks for Locked On Bucks, and you can get a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase. So, Frank, the Bucks lose 114-108 tonight in overtime, and I just told you that, again, we, we haven't done any prep for this. We've kind of just rolled right into this thing, and I'll tell you, I had a great time tonight, and you did not have such a great time. Well, I mean, in totality, uh, at the end result, obviously, was was a bit frustrating, right? I mean, it's not like a, I wouldn't compare it to you know like losing a twenty point lead to the Hawks or something, right? So yeah. clearly, it's 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 much better. You know, you can feel much better about this than a game like that, um, especially because the Bucks dug themselves a hole, and you know, I think they were down forty three twenty seven at one point. Um, they were down, what was it? Were they down in seven in the final, like, two or three minutes, I think? Um, you know, there was definitely a point there in the fourth quarter at the end where I thought, you know, bridge too far. And yeah. I just didn't think. 193 with 232 left. Yeah. And that's obviously, we've we've talked a lot about the Bucks, you know, not being able to score in the final couple minutes of games. And to go on a, what was it, 7 nothing run yep. to to finish the game. You know, that's not something that you'd expect a team like this to do, especially given that they didn't really have great shooting on the court. I remember thinking while well, looking at the lineup, because um, what was it uh, until they went to the defensive substitution with Henson? Um, you know, most of the the lineup down the stretch was Giannis, Jabari, Deli, Snell, and and uh, uh, Monroe, I think. Yep. Um, and Monroe didn't really, you know, Kid kind of gambled bringing Monroe back in um, after he'd gone small in the third and didn't really help them <laughs> um yeah. and he brought monroe back in and monroe really didn't do anything until he got a pretty important just sort of short little hook shot and then snell hit the three to bring them within two and jabari with um you know a really great powerful take on iman shumpert who i thought played some of the best defense of of any of the calves on both Giannis and uh uh jabari tonight um so, I mean, it's sort of those things. It's like you kind of felt like you had found money there at the end of, of regulation, and then they forced uh, got a stop. Unfortunately, didn't get a rebound fast enough to give themselves a chance to win it at the end of regulation. And um, I think the, the main thing that sticks in my craw is just, man, that sequence where Jabari bullies his way, looks like he's got, I don't want to say a layup in the sense that it was easy, but, you know, had a point-blank shot, rim out. They were up one. They could have been up three. 
Instead, the ball spins out. Giannis has his hand on it, then loses it to LeBron, and then just commits like a stupid frustration foul, fouls out with whatever it was. Was it 30 seconds or something like that? Um, I think maybe more than that. 28. Um, yeah. And then LeBron hits just another one of his like patented uh, 30-foot daggers. It seems like he shoots 30-footers. 33, 33 feet yeah. is what they have in the box score. Seems like he shoots 30 to 35 foot shots better than 25 foot shots. Well, for he's some not reason. a normal human being, so yeah. it, it makes sense. Like for a man that size, that's probably what a three feels like. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how far. I wonder how far out he can shoot like a standstill jump shot. I bet like, you it's five feet past half court. I was gonna say like fifty some feet, which would fifty feet would be exactly you know more or less exactly uh, exactly that. So um, so yeah, LeBron LeBron was awesome. Um, but as I was telling you before the podcast, I know LeBron is awesome. I don't need to see that, <laughs> um, especially because I had some Cavs fans in my row, which was just kind of annoying. Um, but uh, so it goes. I don't know. I, 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 obviously, if you're gonna go down, you're, you'd rather go down like this, showing character, fighting back being led by the young guys i think adam paris from our uh dearbrewhoop.com recap wrote that uh i think they scored 25 Giannis jabari scored 25 of the 30 and fourth so or in the fourth in overtime that's pretty cool so that's that's pretty cool um but unfortunately they just needed uh needed, needed a few more than that i i tweeted something out like this after i don't even know i i guess it might have been after lebron hit that three but essentially there every time lebron's in milwaukee there's booing and there's complaining and there's just some general hate spewed in in lebron's direction and every time i just think to myself like i feel bad for the people that can't enjoy lebron james because of the need to say jordan is better because they want to complain about him doing something else He's just such a fantastic basketball player. And it, I just I told you this before we started. I I feel lucky, blessed, whatever you may say, to watch him play basketball every time I watch him play basketball. He he's just he's just something else. He's incredible. And a 33-foot jumper, his passes are so on the money, so perfectly timed. Uh, he's he's just an incredible basketball player, and I don't mean to spend this time gushing about LeBron James, but good God, he he's so 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 good. Um, and the Bucks competed with him; they 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 went at him. And I guess again, it was last game. I tweeted it out before the game. I tweeted that the moment where I thought, you know what, Giannis thinks he belongs right now. In the, in the last game, in the 118-101 victory, was fourth quarter. He backs LeBron down, and he, he picks up a foul on LeBron. And in my mind, I was thinking, whoa, that was Giannis backing down LeBron James. And it was that to me, that was a moment. That was a moment in time where I thought, he thinks he belongs. And tonight, Jabari Parker does the exact same thing. And and again, we saw it rim out, and it should have fallen, and all those things. But Jabari tried to go bully ball on LeBron James. That's awesome. That's so awesome. And, and he also he also bully balled Tristan Thompson. For it literally didn't. The, the, I, they didn't have yeah. a guy big enough that he would think he couldn't bully ball tonight because <laughs> that was all he was. He eschewed any moves he had and said, 
my shoulder is going in your chest and I'm going to the basket, period. And again, I I don't know if that's the best strategy because you, you leave yourself open to some interpretation from the officials on offensive fouls. And, and I guess for all the people complaining, man, I can't believe we didn't get any fouls, LeBron hacked him. I I struggled to be that upset about it because Jabari's throwing his shoulder into dude's chest. Like they could just as easily have called offensive fouls. And and again, it was kind of just the officials letting everyone play. Um so the officiating to me, I know that's always a thing you complain about when LeBron's in town, but I don't I don't really care to do that. The Bucks were there. Jabari decided to go bully ball in the fourth quarter, and it was awesome, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, uh, I guess it was good that we didn't uh, say that Jabari Parker should be traded last night in that podcast, huh? Yeah, um, maybe not. <laughs> maybe maybe that was good for us. That that yeah, was our ultimate but, conclusion. By the way, so I my angle was kind of flat on that last LeBron three. Um, it looked like Jabari. I, I don't remember if he went under a screen or something, but was he was he just way too far off on that play i I can't remember if it was under or so he got caught under fought over and i mean lebron was 33 feet away from the basket so he he didn't once he because lebron took a little bit of time to take that shot jabari never fought to to crowd him and i don't even necessarily know that i'm upset that he didn't go to crowd him like like i know lebron had hit some threes and you want to stop seeing that but I don't know if I want to see LeBron have 30 feet of open real estate to the rim. Um, so I, I, I want to be upset about the defense, but at the same time, giving LeBron a 33-footer, it's never a great thing, especially when it's a clutch time shot and you you're, you have the game kind of. But I don't know. What, what, what do you think, I guess, hearing that description of it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I – think, I think he's too good at that kind of shot to sort of dare him shoot it, let's say. Um, But by the same token, in the grand scheme of shots um, in late game situations, that one is is probably one you can live with given that if he drives, um, odds are they can find, you know, somebody open that that isn't LeBron. Um, And and that's obviously one of the problems is they can put so many shooters on the court. And tonight, even with, I think, did you know, I I didn't, being at the game, I didn't know why J.R. Smith didn't play in the second half. I know he didn't start the second half. Um, I wasn't aware until midway through the third quarter that he was not coming back. And apparently it sounds like he might have a broken right thumb, which is is not great for a three-point shooter like J.R. Smith. So that that would be significant for the Cavs because their bench is, (laughs) yeah, their bench. Yeah, I mean, what, DeAndre Liggins started the second half? 20 minutes uh, of DeAndre Liggins. Yeah. So I think there's um I think it's it's you see look at the final numbers, you know, 17 out of 40 from three-point range and I mean I'm I'm impressed that the Bucks can, you know, hang with the Cavs offensively when, you know, they were minus 30 from three-point range, right? The Cavs, the Bucks were 7 out of 27. Yep. Cavs were 17 out of 40. Um so you're giving up a lot of points from the three-point line which, you know, unfortunately is is well, I mean Realistically, the, the Cavs shoot tons of threes. I think are they second in in threes or something like that in the league. They're you know they're they're, they're right second, in that yeah. yeah, so that 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 is tough. And um, you know Tristan Thompson had had five offensive rebounds. He had kind of a number of kind of tough, uh, frustrating uh, gathers. And 
I thought it was interesting seeing even when the Bucks weren't going small, it was interesting that the Bucks were using Giannis on um, uh, Channing Fry when Channing Fry was in the game mm-hmm. in order to kind of try to crowd him because you know I'm not sure there's another you know tall guy who can help and recover on pick and rolls as much as you know as well as Giannis can right and it, it was interesting as well you know looking at how and we saw this obviously I mean this isn't a new thing per se but. You know, we talk about Giannis versus LeBron, but you know Jabari was a guy gather, you know, guarding LeBron for most of the night, and you know for most of the night, I think he did fine, right? I mean, it's not like LeBron was able to really take advantage of him. And what's obviously very critical to that is the way the Bucks kind of bring you know John Henson typically if he's in the game, but kind of are able to bring him um, you know onto the strong side and sort of create that second layer um, to basically make you know, LeBron not want to even try to drive, right? Because there's that second guy there. And it's, it's interesting, right? Because Giannis not being on the ball. I mean, people ask a lot, like, well, why don't you bring Giannis on the ball? Um, Cause he's a destroyer of worlds off. Yeah. Cause, cause he, (laughs) I mean, his, his ability to, to help and run around and pick off passes on, on that weak side is just, you know, so otherworldly. And to be honest, like, I'm not sure. I I don't know if he's actually better laterally than even Jabari is. Um, you know, he his length allows him to kind of make up for a lot of that. But um, but I think also, you know, you're trying to manage his fouls as well. Putting him on LeBron is is also obviously kind of playing with fire a little bit from a foul standpoint. So I actually had no problem with the way that they were using Giannis from a defensive standpoint. And generally, I don't I don't you know we, we always joke about them needing to hide Jabari on the ball. That's our new yeah. our new weird joke about Jabari's defense. And I thought tonight, you know, for the most part, obviously LeBron was great. Um, you know, in terms of final numbers, 34 points, 12 boards, 7 assists. Um, but, you know, 34 on, on 25 shots. I mean, you know, if he takes 25 shots, he's going to score 30 points. So um, I, was gonna say, I, feel, I feel like tonight is the type of night where you can really hide Jabari on the ball because LeBron likes to, to play – a, a style of basketball where he's not going to come off a lot of screens. He's not going to be doing a lot of off ball movement. He's probably going to have the ball in his hands and he very much makes small movements and lets his, his teammates kind of move around and screen and he just surveys the floor and then he'll take one dribble. And as soon as a defender moves an inch, then it's a skip pass over the top or it, his his general lack of movement means that for five to seven seconds of a possession, Jabari is just able to stand in front of him. And yeah. for, for Jabari, that's that's a great thing. He, he's not he's not worried about any any screens. He's not worried about any back cuts. He's just worried about looking at LeBron's chest and trying to to stay with him. Um, and uh, our guy Brett Ab, oh, I'm going to try to say Abr- Ab- Abramchuk. No. Abramchuk, I think. Abramchuk. You should check out his Twitter. I'll spell it for you because I can't say it. Um, It's at Brett, A-B-R-A-M-C-Z-Y-K. There was the sequence in the second quarter, about four minutes left, where Giannis had a guy in the right-hand corner defensively, and then I believe his Channing Fry comes up from the baseline and it was John Henson that was supposed to be covering him. And Giannis just leaves his guy in the corner and goes and covers Channing Fry. And 
Giannis wasn't involved in the screen. Like someone else set the screen for Channing Fry, and he he wasn't John. He was neither of he was none of the four players involved in that screening sequence, and he just ran over the top and went and covered Channing Fry. And watching it live, I just thought to myself, "What the hell just happened?" Like, what? there's there's no defensive principle that would tell me. Giannis should go cover that guy right now. Like he should be staying on the backside. He should be helping out. And it's been fascinating to see kind of the things that they let him do in this roaming role where, hey, you're not going to have DeMar DeRozan. You're not going to have LeBron James. You're going to have one of their other guys. And you're just going to run around and do essentially whatever you want. Uh, and I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's very there's rules and he's disciplined to do certain things. But there he just went and took a guy that wasn't his, that wasn't involved in anything he was doing, and just went and covered him. And there's so many times where he's just moving around and uh, he's just an agent of chaos and destruction and just running around. And you just see plays where he gets his hand on a ball. He he tips it out of someone's hand. He, he gets in the passing lane and you wonder – where did he come from? Like, like it just, it doesn't make a ton of sense. And when you watch it and you rewatch it, you try to think, okay, how does this fit into this scheme that they're running? And I can't, <laughs> like, I just can't really figure it out, but it's awesome. Cause he's everywhere. He, he just smothers every action teams try to run at all times. And, and you mentioned him doing it on Channing Fry and, He's just all over the place, and it's it's been super fun to watch. And it's Brad and I were kind of saying it's a free safety ish role, but like I don't even know. It's a free safety that has no rules. He can blitz whenever he wants, and he he can drop back into coverage if he wants, and he can go double team a guy if he wants. Like like he can just do what he wants. And he's seven foot tall, and he's crazy athletic, and he's got long arms, so he makes it work. And it's it's strange awesome amazing to watch yeah unfortunately the his free free roaming um backfired in a huge way late in the game when um i think it was coming out of a timeout You're and i'm kind of curious did 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 you hear anything about that was that like a, a planned thing like i, I was kind of curious if if that was like a thing that like the coaching staff may have actually like told them like hey you can go try to do that i mean basically if you if you guys don't remember the player or, or you weren't watching yeah. it was i think Le- lebron got it at like the right elbow yep. or extended kind of to start and he had his he was basically sort of facing you know sort of towards the center of the court and Giannis was in the uh strong side corner i guess yep. and i think he was guarding richard jefferson he ran up behind lebron so basically from the outside and took a swipe to try to catch LeBron by surprise and strip the ball away. That's like a and, that's like a Ricky Davis attempt at a poke out, like a Russell Westbrook <laughs> attempt at a poke out. Like totally undisciplined, totally silly. Like the, maybe you're going to get a big that never handles the ball, but LeBron freaking James, come on, man. You're yeah, never so going to get that. Two passes later, Jefferson had a layup um and Giannis had kind of like is got caught in the cookie jar uh face. Um, as, as I think yeah. they call the timeout right after it as well. But, uh, but still, I mean, uh, thankfully he got back to his, uh, two steel, three block routine tonight. Um, so how, that was encouraging. 
Um, I thought it was. It? I, Go ahead. Sorry. I thought it was interesting how, um, you know, we're so used to teams not crowding him on the ball and letting him get inside the arc without like pressuring him mm-hmm. that um the Cavs did the exact opposite Amon Shumpert basically tried to get up in him um you know basically as soon as he got inside half court and I thought that actually when Giannis was on the ball actually worked really well I mean he, he didn't score in the first quarter I think he only played six minutes um comes back in the second quarter and I think it took him another like five six minutes before he made his first got his first bucket on a on a basically a, a kind of I think it was a I think he got a rebound and then a three-point play put back on Dunleavy. Um, but uh, but I, it's interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see how teams sort of use different approaches to try to kind of, you know, um, take him out of games. Because that's the thing. I mean, if you've got a mobile, like a smaller mobile defender on him, like, I mean, it's it's not easy for him to just dribble around that guy, right? And, and yeah. screen and rolls often go kind of nowhere with Giannis. Um, so it, it is kind of tough and he had to be pretty patient. But obviously... He, he eventually got it going um, two more big threes in the in the fourth quarter, um, which were huge, you know, catch and shoot. And then um, I think the second was kind of like a uh, kind of possession I've been going. I don't know if it was like really late in the clock, but he just sort of like top of the key was like, all right, I'm just dribbling. I think I'm just going to shoot a three and um, and hit it. Um, of course, he also had a off the dribble like air ball three. Just, you thought, the second one was off the dribble. I thought that second was oh, catch and shoot, too. Maybe it was. I don't remember. I thought it was. I don't think. I didn't think it was like as as quick a, a trigger as the other one. But maybe it was. I don't know. But anyway, he's up to twenty nine. I think twenty nine point two percent on the year now from three. So um, one more, one more two for three performance, and he'll be over thirty percent, which would be I think a nice a nice symbolic thing for him because obviously he's been shooting it way better in December as we talked about the other night. I was going to say, obviously something we, we watch Giannis all the time and we watch Giannis very closely all the time. And I always think it's fascinating that I feel pretty confident. If you show me a play and ask me, is Giannis going to take a catch and shoot three on this possession? I think 75 to 80% of the time I can tell you if he's going to, because he he's so hyperactive and he's moving around and he's he's never still and he's always looking for you to turn your back and then he's going to back cut and then all of a sudden there'll just be a possession where he's super chill he's <laughs> he's staying like squared up to the basket and it's like oh, okay he's going to take a catch and shoot three here and th- those two possessions it was back to back possessions where. You could tell he thought, okay, we need a basket here. We need a big one, and maybe I'm struggling to get at the rim, whatever it may be. Or maybe I'm just going to will us to this victory. Like, I'm going to hit a three right now. And both times, feet set, perfectly, catch, shoot, bang. And, and it, it's just <laughs> – it's funny to to think that he can have that, that type of focus. And part of me wonders – at some point, maybe he'll be able to focus on both like, hey, I need to try to create and hey, I could also not create here and have my feet set. And it, it's just funny to see him balance all these different things because like you said, they put him on Trump on him and it was, okay, we're going to try to crowd you and you're going to try to have to get to the rack. And part of me is thinking, man, just toss it off to someone, get a screen down to the block and go post him up. And just try to go to work that way because that might be the better way to do it. And there's just so many elements to his game now that he, he's starting to 
he's starting to unravel and starting to figure out that when he puts it all together, like, like I know we say stuff like that and it always sounds stupid when you say stuff like that, because yeah, if this seven foot guy learns how to shoot and post up and pass and be way more athletic than everyone, yeah, he's gonna be great. But it, it, it always bears repeating. Like when he puts all those things together and he can master all those smaller skills, good God, he's going to be a force of nature. Well, two years from now, he'll be the best player in the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I've never, I don't know if I've ever said that specifically, but yeah. Um, I was, you know, I was looking at the, some of the numbers today. I think he's like sixth in RPM now. Um, you know, we, we've talked about how he's, I was listening to the Limited Upside podcast with, with Mike Prada and, and Andrew Sharp and Ben Epstein, and um, they all had Giannis starting on the East All Star team. You know, Prada and, and Ben at one point were like, well, he's the second best player in the East this year. Um, so he's got to start. Um, and it's like, yeah, I mean, the yeah. numbers are all there, right? The 100%. Teams, and- he's carrying the team. I mean, you know, granted, like, you know, from an, a legit MVP case, like, yeah, okay, you're not going to win MVP unless your team's winning 50 plus games. And, you know, historically, you probably need to be like a one or two seed, but whatever you know we, we've got a little bit of time on that front um, I, I don't even know if we need it i was gonna say my guy at espn milwaukee uh pratik patel he was saying today like i'm kind of thinking Giannis is a top five mvp candidate right now and i don't know how you would argue against it the the bucks are again just 500 so obviously that's going to hurt anything but the dude leads them in literally every statistical category and uh, again I was talking to some other writers about it today um, before the game, and it's like, well, if you go by baseball rules, baseball rules are like, well, if you take this guy off this team, would they be any good? And it's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) They wouldn't. If you take Giannis off the Bucks, they won't be any good. If you take Kevin Durant, Steph Curry off the Warriors, they're going to be okay. With the Thunder, okay, take Russell Westbrook off, they're not going to be good. If you take Harden off the Rockets, okay, they're not going to be good. So, like – those same things, if you want to apply that logic to the Rockets or the Thunder, and again, uh, the Rockets are winning more, et cetera, and the Bucks are just 500. But if you apply that logic, I, I don't know how he's not top five in MVP voting. Uh, again, if this holds over a full season, that's always the the thing we need to add, the qualifier. But he's, he's incredible. Yeah, and, um, and he played bad to- tonight. He played bad, and the Bucks were still in this game. It seemed like there were a, he had like at least two or three kind of euro like he had a euro step and um, a tough kind of up and under like a bunch of shots. And Jabari obviously we talked about the late shots, just like little short shots, just like rimming. He doesn't out. miss those, just, and he doesn't yeah, miss those. He, that was shoot, just, he that shoots was like seventy percent at the rim, and I think tonight he was thirty. 35 somewhere in there yeah five of 13 overall very unyanis like but lived at the line 13 out of 15 i'm wondering are those career high numbers i don't know if i've ever i can recall him shooting that many free throws in a game i know he's been in double digits a bunch of it's times it's gotta be but, awfully um, close yeah so so he lived at the line um jabari uh obviously 30 points um uh, we've seen it a few times but i thought it was encouraging that the team was playing poorly we're down big and Giannis goes to the bench what was like midway through the first and Jabari really took control he just freaking cooked 
Richard Jefferson over and over. Um, <laughs> yes, he did. Didn't, I mean, he didn't. He didn't care who was guarding him tonight. I mean, he was. He was going at it, and um, he was. He was. You know, it was really good to see. I think just his aggressiveness and and, and what he was able to do. Um, you know, frustrating thing. He he draws the foul on Thompson with them down two, and. I got to say, when he was going to the line in my head, he was four out of five at the time. In my head, I'm thinking there's no way he makes both free throws. He's He's been like stealth shitty at, from the free throw line over the last month, yeah. it seems. Um, I was just looking. He's 65% in December, which it feels like he's been even worse. He's had some like sub-50% games like randomly. Um, but it's just odd. I mean, he came into the game 74% uh, and historically he's been better than that and i don't know just just odd and uh, disappointing for him obviously because he obviously made some big plays in this game and um and you know may had the big play late in regulation but just couldn't um couldn't come through from the free throw line missing a pair i mean granted i think he rimmed out both of them so it wasn't like he you know yeah <laughs> like totally short-armed it or something like that i mean there's some obviously some luck in it but um hopefully hopefully it's something he can carry forward and um i think interesting you know uh, all of the kind of star players played 40 plus tonight. It'll be interesting to see tomorrow coming on a back to back. You know, do the Bucks fresh legs maybe help yeah. them? No, it was, uh, after the game, we talked to Giannis about it a little bit, and he was like, he's a, "We asked about the back to back, and he's like, yeah, it's tough.' And he's like, "But LeBron played what 50 tonight?" And we're like, oh, "I think it was like 48." And he's like. LeBron played forty eight tonight. We're we're younger. Like let's let's see what happens. Like we gotta come out with energy, but uh that that could be that could be something. And it was like, okay, like let's see if it is something. Cause you would think younger legs and uh especially now if JR is gonna be out with uh with a broken thumb, that that's a team that outside of LeBron James, Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson, maybe Channing Fry, like isn't isn't all that good um so we could see kevin love back but maybe we won't see kevin love back it's going to be interesting yeah i think um the more deandre liggins we can see the better um i would agree the more mike dunleavy we can see probably the better i mean obviously dunleavy's a great shooter um when the Cavs move the ball he's obviously a guy that can can hurt you but defensively um there's no place to hide him if you've got Giannis and Jabari on the court, really, right? Because, you know, somewhere, somewhere, the, the, somewhere, you can probably get Dunleavy one on one with those guys, and it's just not going to work. Um, I thought it was interesting tonight. So the Bucks only go nine deep. Uh, Michael Beasley still out with that foot sprain. Uh, Toledovich had an early three, but only one of five from deep. Um, you know, really could have used <laughs> some fourth quarter threes from him weren't coming. Um, we'll see if Beasley is back tomorrow. I don't know if you heard anything about that, but the plus minus numbers for the bench guys were bad tonight. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about how often it's been those guys really kind of being difference makers. And tonight that wasn't the case. Um, although Malcolm Brogdon did have two Woo! pretty damn impressive. The first dunk, so he dunked twice on Kyrie, and I think he had two dunks in the Chicago game too, didn't he? He had like one where he just blew by Wade, and yep. like it, he's kind of funny because he's like a wingspan dunker, you know? Like he's yes. he's not like a massive like leap athlete, you know, a run jump athlete type guy. We joke about his lack of kind of a second gear, um, but he definitely could, you know, surprises some people at times. And I mean, that, that Kyrie, second one, I was going to say the Kyrie one, he just like kind of stuck it out with one hand. And I was like, oh, he's just going to lay it in with his right. This will be an easy lay in. And then all of a sudden, oh, he's dunking. <laughs> that, I wasn't ready for that. 
Yeah. And then the, I mean, the one on LeBron, I thought was even more impressive. I mean, you know, drilling by LeBron and then going up for, it looked like he could have just gone for a regular layup and said he goes for, you know, basically an up and under, you know, reverse one handed freaking amazing dunk yeah. on LeBron, which was just like, whoa, no, youngster. I was going to uh, say that, that was impressive. That was a really crummy lineup they had in at the time. I, I'm trying to think who it was, but it was an awful possession. Nothing was going on. Brogdon had dribbled for, I don't even know, it it felt like 15 seconds. It was probably only like 7 to 10. But he had I think he had literally dribbled from the left wing all the way up over uh, to the middle of the floor, and then it looked like he was going to hand it off, and then he fakes the handoff and then goes by LeBron and dunks. And, again, I don't know if this is, this is humble Moses being humble, um, <laughs> but after the game when, like, when I asked about – dunk like getting his dunks and he was just like yeah, you know just trying to be aggressive and there were some holes and you know i just tried to just punch through them and try to get to the basket and i was like well yeah but it's not every day that you you see someone dunk on lebron and he was just like yeah he's like i really didn't know it was him he's like i, I just knew i had gotten by someone and i was gonna go up for a dunk and he's like honestly if if i knew it was lebron I probably don't go up for that. And I was just like, okay, that, thank you. That is the quote of the night. You are the most humble person on earth. Um, so it, it was just funny to, to hear him say that. Um, I'm trying to think other things to talk about. We hit on Jabari. We hit on Giannis. Uh, we hit on Brogdon. I guess the one other thing I wanted to touch on, I tweeted it out after the game. I don't care, Frank. I don't care if the Bucks lose in the first round. I want the Cavs. <laughs> like from a like, you think it'd be a good character building experience for the young guys to play against LeBron, or just uh, you think matchup wise there may be something there. A little from column A, a little from column B. Um, I don't think they're not going to take the Cavs in a seven game series, but just watching, you could tell the Cavs were not happy that they were beat the last time they were in the BC tonight, and to see the Bucks take those initial punches in the in the first half and kind of answer those in the second character building exciting fun and i just can't imagine there's a better way to learn something about playoff basketball than to go head to head with lebron james and and there could be some ugly games in there i i totally understand that and maybe it's even a sweep and I, i don't think that's the case i do think there's maybe a win in there if they get the Cavs. but a four game a five game series against the Cavs I think especially if you're gonna tell me right now they don't get to win in the first round obviously a winning a series would be better and fine get the get the Cavs in the second round I just want to see a Bucks Cavs playoff series I don't care if it's first round second round wherever it may be Eastern Conference Finals where wherever you want to go right now I just want Bucks Cavs in the playoffs oh okay so you would be okay if the Bucks played the Cavs in the East Finals. Eric names can live with that. Okay, good, I could. Good enough. I could live. Uh, with it. Yeah. No. I mean, I. I mean, hell, I. I don't care who they play in the playoffs. Um, I'd be. I'd be happy to see them play anybody because it just means they're in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. And and I do think there's you know and and obviously before the season I think you know we talked a little bit like well you know is this a season with Middleton being on like maybe this is a year when you know no no teams are really tanking per se the way maybe in previous years maybe this is a year it's yeah, better to be. Gone a top 10 pick type team but 
it certainly seems like at this point this team is has come together too well to, <laughs> to do that. That's gone. Um, and yeah, it, it, this is kind of one of those interesting things. Like from an accounting standpoint, it's like you look at it. We mentioned they hit ten fewer threes than the the Cavs, and they the Cavs only turned it over ten times total, right? Which I think, especially in the first half, was a bit of a frustrating point, especially yeah. for somebody like Giannis, because all you know there were there were no easy buckets to be found. Unlike that game when he scored. Um, what did he score? Thirty, I guess thirty-four against the Cavs the last time, where yep. they were just like, you know, time and again, he just like got loose for for dunks and got passes, and guys were finding him cutting and things like that. This game was obviously much tougher sledding in in order to find those kinds of of openings. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, you look at the box score at the end of the game: twenty-eight, thirteen, three, three, um, twenty-five, blocks, thirteen, or sorry, twenty-five. Yeah. Um, I think they originally credited him maybe with um, a tip-in on, on a Tony Henson Snow. shot. I think or, it was a Tony yeah. Snell layup. Yeah, that's right. I didn't think he touched it, but then they immediately credited him, so whatever. Um, Snell finally hit a clutch shot tonight. I think that was his first shot in the clutch all season. I, uh, I believe so as well. And I, and I guess, again, uh, the the cool thing about tonight is, like you said, get crushed from the three-point line. Don't force many turnovers. Giannis plays... Again, I don't, I don't want people upset at me, but Giannis plays baddish for two to three quarters. Just, or I shouldn't say bad, but just wasn't having a huge effect on the game offensively. Defensively, he was fine, but offensively, just wasn't having that that big effect that he has had all season. And the Bucks take the Cavs to overtime. Um, again, no K love for the Cavs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Qualifier, qualifier, um, but pretty cool night and the even cooler part well actually i shouldn't say that maybe it's going to be the the worst part ever is that they play the Cavs again today um <laughs> we if you're listening to this you're going to be listening to it, to it and it's probably going to be 12 to 18 hours uh i mean even less than that to to the bucks and Cavs again in cleveland on wednesday night so we will talk about that one once we're done uh in Cleveland, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Any closing thoughts? Anything that we missed, Frank? No, I think um, I think we hit it. Uh, you know, I guess uh, again, I think we're kind of beyond the the Bucks are now competitive enough that I don't like. You know, I think we're we're well beyond sort of saying, "Oh, good loss," right? Um, I think there there were some positives to take from this loss, but overall, um, you know. It was a game they could have had, and and obviously this is uh Frank is done with moral victories. Okay. Yeah, but I mean there there's like you know there there are better and worse losses. Um, this was probably better, but also kind of frustrating. Um, so we will we'll kind of see where where things go from there. Um, interestingly, Cavs had a 59 percent probability of winning this game based on 538s numbers. Um, I think they're over 80 percent tomorrow given the home. Uh, the home court advantage. Um, so the Bucks have the odds stacked against them, but um, we'll see if they can pull something out. Bucks taking advantage of that underdog role. That's what that's what's going to happen in Cleveland. Um, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, that was Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. Uh, this has been Locked On Bucks. We do this every day. We're very happy that you join us every day, and that'll be it for us for today. We will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>